So, Berto, when I set up the Patreon thing last October, which would be, I don't know, was that, like 10 months ago? Someone suggested, a listener actually suggested, that we donate part of the proceeds from Patreon to charity. And I thought that was such a great idea. It just, it, it, it felt good. And I, you know, because on, on some level, I feel guilty for charging people for the podcast. Honestly, there's this tiny little bit of like liberal guilt or something <laughs> of just like, you know, everything should be democratic and free. And so instead of selling the merchandise, you, you feel bad that anyone would contribute. Right. And so part of the podcast, the proceeds, we said 20%, which is, you know, a pretty sizable amount of the proceeds and not the profits like, like the revenue, gross revenue, 20%. So for every dollar we get, you know, 20 cents right. goes toward, uh, goes toward charity. And so That's huge, so That's huge. Yeah. So I, I've been, uh, allocating that money to it. And, uh, I just wanted to give a, a quick update on that. We've managed to raise over $2,500. What? For charity. What? That's, so the, a lot, that's a lot of charitable contributions. So the listeners, you can all, all the patrons actually, not the listeners, but the patrons can pat themselves on the back collectively for having raised $2,500 for charity, and that continues to grow every day. So in, in 10 months, we've raised that much. It's primarily gone to help the homeless at the Plymouth Housing Group. I've been to a few of their fundraising luncheons, their really great. Um, Mandy actually is a table captain that invites me. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it, it's a good cause. You, you meet some of the people that it benefits. You know, I'll be going to a uh, lunch uh, host with Mandy yeah? in September. Yeah, that's it. That's the Plymouth House. Right. Oh, okay, so you'll be there. I will be there. Um, does that mean I have to sit next to you? I, ho- I sure... That was not part of the deal. Yeah. That was not... Oh my! Plus, she's captain, which makes me her underling. As are you, uh, assistant to the captain? <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, yeah, I'm assistant to the captain. I'm assistant captain. Um, yeah, Plymouth Housing Group. Uh, that's where a lot of the money has gone toward, and this is a huge boost to getting them back on their feet, to getting homeless. That's back amazing. Their, I mean, you know, two thousand five hundred dollars to help homeless people. That that money is, you know, it's sizable. It's quite sizable. So, Berto, let's do a thought experiment. But first, let's introduce the podcast. This is the podcast called Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Umberto Castaneda. I detect other worlds. Yeah. Berto, let's do a thought experiment. Let's say you're in a car accident. You wake up in the hospital, so God forbid, but you wake up in the hospital and they tell you that you've suffered a traumatic brain injury and you have a back injury as well. <laughs> that's, that's close to what happened to me in my car accident, but not quite as right. bad. But, um, but you have like, in this, in this hypothetical, you're in constant pain yikes. for the rest of your life and you're confused and your memory is bad now and you have mood swings. And oh you need to be on opiates pretty much yeah. all the time. And even that doesn't really help. And you become depressed. You could imagine that, Of right? course. Yeah. And you can't go to work anymore because at work you're just too much in pain. You can't concentrate. Oh, my God. You, you, just, you just can't do anything anymore. You start to drink. 
over the years, you slowly over time start to alienate your family. You start to withdraw from them. Luckily, this doesn't happen to anyone, right? Right. And, and slowly they start to abandon you because you're being distant or it's hard to, to be with you. Mm. And you start to get assistance from the government. And you pretty much just stay home all day and you're depressed and you're in pain. And again, you're confused and you don't have self-esteem and you can't get a job and you just don't know what to do. And you age, you start to get older and your extended family either drifts away or maybe some of them even pass away. You don't have anybody to turn to. The government stops giving you money and you get evicted and you're on the streets. What do you do, Berto? That's This is the thought experiment. You got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and not cross that wall the wrong way. And, and make America great make again. Make America great. And go back to Columbia. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't even understand that scenario. I mean, it's you're right. Like, First of all, it's, it's very interesting because talk about developing empathy. These are scenarios that don't get presented to us, yeah. you know, and, and you don't even, I didn't even think, uh, I didn't even think like, yeah, that happens to people, you know, like I, I haven't, I don't remember a time in my life where I'm like, man, what about those people who, and then proceed to narrate even half of what you just said? Because we usually think in terms of someone died. Okay. That's horrible. Or someone got cancer, which is also horrible. Um, but then there's all these other problems that are lifelong and so I don't know what I would do. I, I think that uh, one thing that I, if I had the capacity to even try it, would be, you know, look for help online. Yeah. You know, I would look, okay. do searches online because I'm at home. I can do searches online. Well, you're homeless now. You don't, you don't have a home. Where, oh, yeah. That's, go to the well, library. no, I would go to a library. Ooh, if they let me in, I don't know. I think they do. Do they let me in? Yeah, downtown. Uh, I, might, I might be very, yeah. So you go there and you start looking stuff up. Eeks. Yeah. But again, you're still in pain. Cognition, not so great. Homeless. Very low self-esteem. You used to be great. Used to be a podcaster. I long abandoned you, like right from the start. <laughs> like as soon... You're like, yes! Excuse. <laughs> yes. In fact, I was the one who ran you over. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, so... You know, but really, just think through. Like, what do you do? Like, you, you, you go online. There's well, no the, the, answers the there. The problem is that I'm trying to solve it. It's tempting to solve it with my current faculties. And that's not the point because you're not. Well, I don't know. You do know? You, do you, I, this is a thought experiment. Do you have a solution there? Not a great one. Like I said, I think that what I might do, if it were really me and I still had a semblance of what I know now, uh-huh. is I would say, all right. I, I can do stuff online. That's the one place oh, I can Oh, I see what you're saying. You can work as you yeah. can get job online. I well, I can do both. I can search for for uh, community and support online. Yeah. And I can do things online cuz I don't have to go somewhere. Okay. You know. So, that's what you decide to do. Yeah. And let's say you don't earn enough to actually afford a place, you know, cuz again, you can only work like an hour a day or something and and that's great and you're you're doing something but it's not enough to get by and you're still not getting money from the government. I, I me I would also I would move to like Costa Rica or something. Yeah, right. Just because first of all there's no moving. Right. I just the what I the, the challenge is how do I I can't buy a plane ticket. I don't have money. Right. But I could probably beg my way to a trip somewhere. Like maybe I have beg? to go down to Mexico. 
Who do you beg? The you know you go stand in front of Whole Foods for a week. Oh, you beg for money. You literally beg. Yeah, and you but, tell but the story during that whole time. You still need food and shelter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many homeless people like save up two grand to go on a vacation. But it's not a vacation. I'm moving. I'm I know, but, cent- but to go to Central America, it's still... Well, I might have to only make it down to like... I might have to take it in steps. Maybe yeah. I move down to California. Yeah. Uh, hitchhike. Yeah. I would hitchhike. Okay. Okay, interesting. Um, I don't know the realities of this sort of stuff because I'm not homeless. But from what I understand, once you cross that line, it's it becomes extremely difficult to get back on your feet again because you don't have a residence you can't, you know, how do you interview for a job when you you can't do laundry? Oh, I have firsthand experience trying to help someone out of the streets and into, like, nor, quote-unquote normal working life. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've... Have I told this one on the podcast before? I don't know. I took in a kid years and years ago who was, um, I think he was 17, and he I, I met yeah, him in the streets. I remember vaguely... You tell me this happened before I knew you, right? Mm, no. Oh, really? Right after I met you? Yeah. Okay. It was in 2008. Oh, okay. Um, I had I had been out drinking one night, and I was doing reckless Berto stuff that I don't do anymore, like talking to homeless people in the middle of like 2 a.m. in the morning. That was kind of your thing, right? That was my thing. I, yeah, I, I don't know why. but So I was talking to these people, and there's this kid, and he looks young. And I'm like, do you, what do you do? Where do you live? He's like, what do you mean? I live here, and like, I, I'm homeless. I'm like, how can this happen? How are you, why are you homeless? And he's like, oh, it's a long story, man. You know, my parents kicked me out because I had pot or whatever. I was like, Oh, that's crazy. It's not a really? long story, but... He had pot. Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, so I told him, you know, I was drunk, right? So And I was sort very reckless at the time. And I said, I gave him my number. I said, okay, listen, dude, you give me a call, I'll get you on your feet, man. I'll get you on your feet. <laughs> and, you know, months went by. I never heard from him. But months later, I get a call. Huh. And um, who is this? I'm like, oh, I don't know if you know, but I met you on the street and you said I could give you. I'm like, oh, whoa. Okay, sure. So we met up at, uh, what's it called? Um, the Cheesecake Factory place. The one that makes cheesecakes. What's it called? No, just kidding. The Cheesecake Factory. And uh, he told me his story, you know, and I don't remember all the details, but you know, his parents caught him with pot and stuff and apparently they were very strict. Who knows if that was the, the full truth, but whatever the case may be is they kicked him out of the house. Yeah. And I was like, geez. And then he started living in weird places with guys who were taking advantage of him, in some cases mental, in some cases sexually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he had a lot of bad influences around him, people telling him all sorts of really dumb and inaccurate stuff. So, for example, I, I said – so the huge mistake I made, by the way, is I took him into my place. I said, come live with me, dude, right away. We're going to go – Get your stuff. You're going to come live with me. We're going to get you on your feet, which is a terrible idea. But anyways, um, and then and then right away, the first thing is like, all right, we got to get you a job. He's like, oh, man, I can't get a job. I'm like, what do you mean you can't get a job? It's like, well, I don't have a license. I'm like, well, we'll get you your license. I can't get a license. My dad says I can't get a license. What do you mean you can't get a license? I don't have a social security number. Well, we'll get your social security number. It's like, how do you do that? I don't know, but we're going to do it. But this is part of the thing. And then as you find out, because uh, I've since talked to many people that deal with homeless, part, a, a large part of the problem is that many of them do start young 
and they don't even know any like the options that they do have and and then they get a lot of misinformation too so this kid thought there was literally nothing he could do to work and instead we got him hooked up we got his social security number we got his driver's license we got him doing the job ready whatever it's called like where they he goes construction for a day and stuff like that then i got him a freaking job at mcdonald's wow and then here's where where it sadly ends which one the one in eastgate uh yeah but then sadly he lost that job he started getting back together with his bad influence friends who told him i was taking advantage of him and then he you you were taking advantage of him because you know they they don't know and He's been taken advantage of before and, you know, stuff like that. So, but, but they were also telling him bullshit stuff like, like they, they basically convinced him to quit his job, it sounded like. And then he got back on drugs or stuff like that. So he, I, he moved out of the, of my place and, you know, I didn't really hear from him again. Huh. So I don't know how it ended up with him. Yeah. My assumption. And I, this is, this story is actually all coming back to me. I, I think I blocked it out because it's just so tragic in some ways. And I really commend you for what you did. I mean, how many Americans would do such a thing? It was risky. Well, I don't think it was risky. But the how, taking him into my house was risky. I don't think so. Well, the, the, part of the reason it was risky isn't so much him, although you never know, you know, but it's, he had a lot of very nefarious friends. Yeah. But, you know, you know I, I I have more faith in humans than that. It's more that it's a lot of work, you know, and and you didn't have to do that. You know, the social expectation is you look the other way. And if more people did what you did, you know, we could very easily. Oh, so if I if I were to do it again, which I would do in an instant, it would the, the parts that I would change would be the I, I would keep some healthy barriers between myself and. And the individual I was trying to help be, to protect everyone involved. Yeah. Because, like, I realized that too late. I was like, oh my God, this is this is a mess. But, for example, uh, the Ain't educational that part. Once he was in your house, were you like, shit, he's in my house now? Well, it was not initially, but after. After he starts telling me, like, yeah, I just, I met with such and such, and he was saying these crazy things, and I'm like, oh, geez, this is a mess, this is, and then he started doing drugs, I was like, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. But but what I think was so useful, and maybe it helped him in the long term, hopefully, who knows, is dispelling some of the myths and going and grabbing him, and no, let's right. go, we're going to go get your thing. Yeah, it might have planted a seed for him, where yeah. he's like, well, actually, one, I can trust human beings to yeah. be nice to me. And two, I can actually get a job. It's yeah. not impossible. My suspicion is that he suffered from either mental illness or from trauma. And his drug addiction was his the only way he could cope with that. It's a very common story. The thing that I've really learned about people is, they, for the most part, everyone wants to work. Everyone wants to feel good about themselves. No one wants to live on the fringe of society. Very few people do. And, you know, it's it's just this misnomer. It's like, uh, you know, because hearing this story, I can't, you know, you've probably told this story to lots of people, and I'm guessing that some people are like, ah, uh, you know, it's hopeless. You can't help these people. They're, they're just deadbeats. You know, they don't really want to work. They... They're just dirty old drug addicts, you know, right. that, that kind of stuff. Have you heard stuff like that? Yeah, certainly in, in <clears throat> a mix of that and like, yeah, that's why I would never, you know. It, it's sad because the, 
the fact is, it was it was obvious to me that he had some very bad family dynamics and right. family influences, and then friend influences. Though. Right. I mean, it, yeah, and once homeless, sounds like he was raped, <laughs> like a, a number of times. It, it, at the very least, he was being it, core, not coarse, but he was being told like, "You could stay with me." Dot dot dot. Gosh, you know, jeez. So, right. So, you know, this sort of stuff happens all the time and with almost no effort on behalf of our society, including our government, we could easily eliminate a very good portion of this. But instead, we keep spending money on uh, expensive cars and on uh, raging wars that are pointless. It is, and and you know what? This was a, I, it sounds weird. But this was a quote unquote good kid. Like, I, I actually got like the sense of like, man, this, this is just a matter of redirecting. But unfortunately, like at seventeen, you've already got to work against, you know, nearly two decades of misalignment. Yeah, right, and traumatized yeah. and suffering ongoing with the yep. effects of trauma without any treatment and opiates and alcohol and pot are an effective treatment for that, you know, if you don't have anything else. That's right. So on a happy note, again, $2,500 cash money. What? What? For charities raised by the patrons. So if you haven't become a patron yet, you can become a part of that team to make a difference in the world by going to patreon.com, go to Psychology in Seattle, become a patron of the podcast. Do it. Do it now. All right, well, that does it for this podcast. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. 